Blog Talk Radio. Hi. Contra Radio Network presents Ladies of the Watch. And welcome to Ladies of the Watch. Um, did it again, so I'm calling into my own show to do this. Um, and today we're going to talk about uh, viruses and pandemic remedies for the new flu. Um, somewhere the other day I heard that the flu season for 2018 um, is supposed to rival the pandemic back in the 1918s. And so um, if you're new to prepping or if you're old to prepping and this is something that um, you care about, then we are going to talk about it. Um, So let's get started on it. Um, A pandemic is a significant uh, portion of the population getting sick. It will cripple the infrastructure due to lack of manpower and will leave us, maybe, without groceries, utilities, other services for months sometimes. Um, If a deadly virus infected our population and spread easily from person to person or, as they are saying now, from animal to human, um, a pandemic, which is a worldwide outbreak of disease, can begin. No one can predict when it might occur. Um, but if one occurs, are you ready to self-quarantine for 30, 60, 90, or even up to 120 days? Um, surviving a pandemic is a matter of isolating yourself from other infected people until the die-off has run its course. And this could be many, many months or even longer. Since you won't know who all is infected, you need to stay away from everyone outside of your group within your home sphere. And Therefore, in order to be fully prepared, you must have the ability to self-quarantine without the need to go out where other people or potentially infected people are. This includes going to work, grocery shopping, etc. Um During the onset of a pandemic, most people don't fully realize the ramifications and continue to go about their daily business, uh, going to the grocery store, going to work, etc., daycare, exposing yourself, potential consequences of exposure. Um, Almost every transmissible disease has an incubation period during which the person is infected but not yet showing signs of disease. Quite often, they can be contagious for one to several or more days before exhibiting symptoms. During the circumstances when someone in your group becomes infected, that person will have to be quarantined to avoid infecting everyone. So in your house, do you have a quarantine area? What if it's your kids? 
What if it's your husband? What if it's your uh, son who had guests over? Uh, if you take in any new people, they should be quarantined to share that they are not infected. Um, most viral infections manifest themselves within a period of three to five days, and most within 10 to 14 days. Ebola potentially can go up to 21 days or longer before it manifests. So you're going to set up a quarantine area. Ideally, to be a separate building from your own living quarters, such as an outbuilding, a garage, empty house, barn, something like that. But if you don't have one and you choose to offer a room within your house, choose one that's vented to the outside um, without ducting continuing to the rest of the house. Make sure the room has a negative pressure by leaving a window cracked so the air flows into the room from the remainder of the house and exits through the window. Now, this is obvious, but so you aren't getting the disease transmitted through your home. Um, I'm going to tell you how to, I'm going to give you a pandemic survival list, but I'm also going to tell you how to set up a sick room. And so we'll start with that one. Um, My computer's being streamed, so I'm going back and forth to see if there's people. I could not get a chat room today, um, and I can't tell. It kicked me out right before the show started, like literally one minute before, so I have to go back and forth to see if I have callers. Um, So how how, how do you want to set up a sick room? If possible, like I said, set it up in a bedroom or a separate room. Um, the room should have good lighting, a window that opens, easy access to a personal bathroom, and nearby access to a sink and running water. If a separate room is not available, you have to improvise. Um, and if the sick person and the other family members are going to use the same bathroom, all hard surfaces should be cleaned each day or numerous times a day with disinfectant like Lysol, rubbing alcohol, uh, sink handles, faucet handles, doorknobs, uh, everything. Towels, water bottles, drinking glasses, any other personal care items used by a sick person should not be used and should be isolated within uh, a bag or like a plastic Ziploc baggie or other things that... Um, so people can't use them by accident. Basic room equipment would include a bed, a side table, uh, a bucket lined with a plastic garbage bag, a pitcher or a large bottle of water, a large plastic dish pan, a clipboard with paper and pen for writing in a daily log. And this is important so you can monitor temperatures and different aspects of how the illness is progressing so you can see if they're getting worse or better and how it's going. Um, A clock, a hand crank or battery-powered radio, good source of light, and a flashlight with extra batteries. A small chair or a stool can be placed at the bedside, and you want to have a clothes hamper or a garbage can to be used to collect soil clothing and bedding before they're washed. Um, we tend to forget 
that when people are sick, it comes out both ends. And if you can't cross-contaminate throughout your house, you've got to keep it in one area. Um, a sick person... A, a sick person may want to have a bell or noisemaker to call for assistance. Um, now, if you're bringing equipment into a sick room, they should stay there only by the caregiver and the sick person. Anything you touch that's been in with the sick person is potentially contaminated and can be given back to the people in the house. You take it back with you. Basic supplies a caregiver will use include a thermometer, Tissues, hand wipes or waterless hand sanitizer, which I use uh, baby wipes, and then I also get antibacterial wipes, like Lysol wipes and things like that. Cotton balls, rubbing alcohol, plastic garbage bags, lots of them. Measuring cups, capable of holding eight ounces. Over-the-counter medications, such as ibuprofen, acetaminophen, Pedialyte, stuff like that. Uh, you're going to have pain. You're going to have dehydration. Um, you want aprons or smocks, which I will go into that in a little bit uh, later. Latex house cleaning gloves, um, disposable vinyl gloves, an N95 respirator mask for use when the sick person is coughing or sneezing. Um, So, if you have prescription medicines, you might want to talk to to your doc about having three months supply on hand in case of medical emergency because if you can't go out, um, then you'll still have it on hand at that point since we were talking about PD Light comes in powder form too, like little packets. Um, my son had H1N1, which was the bird flu before it started morphing, and we would make PD Light and put, he could not drink it and keep it down, so we'd make it into popsicles, ice cubes, things like that. And he could suck on them, and that helped him a lot. It also helped with his temperature just a little bit. Um, basic bedding for the clothing and personal supplies for the sick person includes two sets of sheets and pillowcases, if possible, blankets, washcloths, and towels, changes clothes, including socks, underwear, pajamas, loose-fitting tops, and pants. I would also have 20 rolls of toilet paper, um, cotton cloths or flannel cloths for washing, bottles of bleach, um, possibly, depending on your family, adult diapers, because depending on what you have, it's going to be going, like I said, out both ends. And you don't want to be changing sheets every 15 minutes. They have some things online. If you go look for them, they're called chucks. At least that's what we call them. They're basically incontinent pads or they're blue and they're throwaway. And they're about a two foot by two foot and you can put them under somebody so if they have an accident, it will catch the majority of it. And they're not expensive and they're really, really handy to have on hand. 
Um, other personal care items include toothbrush, toothpaste, soap, lotion, mouthwash, m- moisturizer, or lip balm for your mouth because they're going to have dry lips, dental floss, shaving equipment, feminine sanitary supplies. They should be kept in a sick room or special place in the bathroom and used only by the sick person. Um, Every item in the sick room should be able to be cleaned by washing with soap and water or wiped with disinfectant, alcohol, uh, or those wipes like I I had mentioned. Um, I also have a following starter list of prep items from a site called um, Modern Survival Blog. And they have their own survival list, which has a little bit of different items on it than I do. So I'm going to read those real quick. Um, before you think, there's all this crap I need. It at the dollar store, you can get nursed her family through Ebola and she was a student nurse and she used her own money and went basically out and bought raincoats from the dollar store, the throwaway kind. She bought uh, dishwashing gloves from the dollar store, the throwaway kind. Um, She had just regular masks and goggles and that sort of thing and she nursed her family through Ebola. I think she lost one person, but she did not have to use all the expensive stuff. Now, that being said, you need to be careful about it. You need to be exact on your cleanliness and the way you throw things away. You can't get sloppy with that. The other thing that I would do with my sick room is I would have a little pan on the floor with a bleach water solution so that I could dip my feet into it when I come out so I wouldn't be tracking things all over. They also have those little booty things that you can put on over your shoes and your feet um, so you aren't taking things out. Um, One thing that you want with the sick room is the painter's plastic. And what I do or what I plan on doing is outside of my room that I'm going to have for a sick room, I'm going to set up like a secondary room, not very big, for taking off clothes and getting rid of dirty stuff. Also putting clean stuff in so it doesn't get tracked through the rest of the house. And so there'll be the sick room, there'll be the clean room, and then there'll be the rest of the house. Um, So that would take duct tape and lots and lots and lots of plastic. So on the pandemic survival list, um, this is from the the prep uh, modern survival blog, They say water, 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 more water. Consider the drinking water in water storage because you're going to be using it for drinking. They're going to be dehydrated and you're going to be using it for washing. The best 
sprayer you can have is soap and water, and then the the disinfectant wipes and the things like that. Um, the other thing you want to have, and this is also for the family, um, you got to remember that say you're in um, isolation for three months, you've got to have uh, water for everybody in that house. You want food storage, which most of the preppers have. Um, five gallons of liquid bleach per person of the household to sanitize everything. Um, and that is plain bleach with no flowery scents or nothing else added to it. To That helps you sterilize your drinking water. That helps you with... It, it basically kills everything. So um, it's a dual purpose. You need four boxes of exam gloves, a different size for every member of the household, antibacterial soap with benzothonium chloride or hand wipes. Um, they also suggest the N95 masks, 100-foot roll of clear 4-milliliter plastic for sitting up the isolation room, duct tape, HEPA filters. Um, I don't know about how feasible that is for most people. 25 pounds of lime per person for provisional toilets. 50 heavy-duty black 3-milliliter garbage bags per person for provisional toilets and garbage. Now, on the side, if you take a 5-gallon bucket for a black uh, plastic bag, go down to the dollar store and get those little pool noodles for the kids. You cut a slit, and that will make a seat. You have a really easy toilet, and when you're done, you just package it up and find a place to dispose of it. This list also says they want 100 ordinary kitchen trash bags per person for provisional toilets and garbage, 25 pounds of kitty litter for sick people's body fluid cleanup, which is a really good idea, and I hadn't thought about that. We use it for oil and ice, but I've never thought about that. Um, they say 100 rolls of toilet paper per person. Maybe a little over the top, but they're going by three months. Um, so do what you feel the need. Just remember you're going to be using a lot of it on the sick person. 20 rolls of paper towel per person. Washboard, clothesline, laundry soap for potentially washing clothes by hand. Good point. I just went through Irma. I'm still sitting here with sporadic power. We just got out two days ago, which is a long time after the hurricane. And some of the things that I needed the most was laundry. Um, we needed something to do our laundry. We needed something to wash with because we were surrounded by water. We had five foot of water, but it's black, mucky, tannin, you know, and you don't want to go out and rig up this big purifier just to keep the clothes clean and wash your hands. Um, so those are good ideas. Dish soap or other aggressive anti-grease formulas. Uh, water filtration purification devices, every prepper knows that. Water collection, storage, and carrying containers. Important safety goggles and or a face shield um, will help protect the eyes, which is a potential point of infection. If somebody coughs and you get it in your eyes, it will absorb. Um, these guys say Tyvek 
disposable coverall suit uh, in different sizes. Now, once again, I would go down to the dollar store or Goodwill or thrift store and find disposable raincoats or those heavy-duty rubberized raincoats and, and duct tape the sleeves together. You, you know, do what your budget implies. Um, it really, really uh, does break. I mean, you guys have to go by what's your, especially if you're a new prepper and you've been looking at earthquakes and the fire and the tornadoes and the hurricanes. It's overwhelming. So start small and add gradually. Um dangerously ill-prepared for the fight against pandemics. Um, Ebola is currently raging down in Africa and the South and all the other places. Um, MERS is out there. SARS is out there. Avian flu is is, uh, bastardized itself five or six times. Um, This is a time to start thinking about your preparedness, not when it happens, because you're not going to be able to go out and do what you need to do. Now, I posted in Conflicted, which if you've listened to me ever, you know that on Facebook I have a Conflicted What Would You Do scenario. And this was a question from one of the gals uh, from Prepping from Beginners. And this is just, I'm putting this out there for you to think about it based on your own situation. You wake up on a normal Thursday afternoon. You're sitting with your family, drinking coffee, preparing for another boring day of work. The news is droning on in the other room about the local sports scores and yet another Hollywood scandal. Suddenly you hear the loud, annoying buzz of the emergency broadcast network in the living room TV. You pause and listen to the tone, waiting for the... This was a test message. Instead, you hear the following. Attention. The Centers for Disease Control in Atlanta, Georgia, have issued a mandatory shelter-in-place for all U.S. residents in the continental United States for the next 96 hours and possibly beyond. Due to a recently identified airborne pathogen, it's advised that you keep your doors and windows closed, turn off all central air and heating units, effectively Effective immediately. All citizens are to remain where they are, but move inside of outdoors currently. All citizens are urged to follow the instructions of law enforcement and local government. More information will be provided soon. With that, the video on your TV returns to the genetically pretty face of a young blonde who looks a bit stunned. Clearly, it was not an expected broadcast interruption. Quickly, she indicates the station will return momentarily and you are greeted by commercial for used Toyotas down at Bargain Bob's car lot. You look over to your family sitting at the table. Your spouse is wide-eyed and looking a bit worried. Your kids excitedly ask you if that means they can stay home from school. The dog wants to go outside to be to pee. All eyes are on you. What's your plan for the next few days? This is a very realistic scenario. Um... And so I'm not going to say what people from Conflicted said. I want you to think about this 
based on your personal experience and what you have on hand and what you can do. At that point, you cannot go out and buy supplies. At that point, you're pretty much stuck with what you have. Um, This takes some serious thought. I mean... So anyway, I've got with this three recipes, possibly four different things um, that you can use to fight off diseases or to help when there is no medical or it is so overwhelmed that there's no place for your family or yourself. Or if you're choosing, say, um, after a disaster where you're on your own, these are recipes. And I'm starting mine right now. I started this first one about, uh, I started it on Wednesday. Most of these take a little bit of time to ferment and mature. So this is something that you would want to start pretty soon to have for the season. The first one is called snake juice. This is my personal uh, recipe. Now, there's there's a bunch out there, but this is the one we use. And you use glass bottles. Now, I have to do the... I'm not a doctor. I'm a nurse. And these are remedies that we use at home. You need to talk to your doctor before doing anything and seeing if it's contraindicated against any medications or things that you might take in your personal family in their lives. Um, I'm not held responsible, neither is CRN, um, so do your research. And that's that's a given for everybody. I don't care if somebody says, ooh, try Jiffy peanut butter with nuts. If you have a nut allergy, you're not going to try Jiffy peanut butter. Just use your common sense. Okay, that being said, snake juice. You take a glass jar, and Ball Canning Jars has the perfect jars right now. They have these large two-quart sizes, or I'm not sure what they are, but if you don't need to make a lot of it, um, they're perfect. They'll make enough for one season. And you layer lemons. Take four lemons, five lemons. You slice them into slices, skin on. Layer one lemon on the bottom of the jar. Then you take four onions and slice them really thin. And make sure you get the weepiest, most potent, strongest onion you can find. I usually use yellow or white onions. Um, you take one onion, you slice it up, and you layer it on top of the lemon. So you alternate lemon, onion, lemon, onion, lemon, onion until your jar is up to the next, where the next starts. Then you go and get a quart of raw honey. I don't care what kind it is. It just has to be raw and unprocessed. And you pour that into the jar and you put a lid on it and you cap it tightly and you stick it into a cool, dark space. Okay, so every day you go into that space or every couple days you go in and you shake the jar. As Every day you'll see the juices are coming out and it's getting runnier and runnier. It's not as thick. And you shake it up really, really good. And you let it sit for a week 
upwards to two weeks. I let mine sit two weeks. And then you strain out the lemons and the onions. I have left mine in for the second part of this. Um, but I think it would get less pulpy and such if I had strained it first. So uh, it's kind of a personal preference. You take, um, for this, you would take a half a bottle of peppermint schnapps and a half a bottle of blackberry brandy or if you'd rather, but blackberry has antibacterial properties. And you pour equal measures until your jar is full and you shake it up and you stick it in the dark space for another two weeks to a month, shaking it up often. Now, this will last you for a year. This is a very good antiviral. Um, It's also an immunity booster. And you give, and it's safe for kids. If you want them to sleep, this is a really good deal. But you take a teaspoon up to five times a day, depending on how sick somebody is. If you want to use it as a preventative, you take it two times a day, one teaspoon. That is snake juice, and that is my absolute favorite recipe. Um, The second one I'm going to have is called Fire Cider Tonic. Um, Most recipes use a heavy hand with the garlic because of its potent medical properties. Um, I recommend going a little bit easy, um, but it's personal preference. I prefer lots of garlic myself. Um, But otherwise, feel free to tweak and, and... Embrace the flexible nature of this recipe. Um, fresh turmeric is a, is a great substitute for dried. Use about three tablespoons coarsely chopped or grated. And instead of dried hot chili, use sliced fresh jalapenos, habaneros, or even smoked dried ones. Consider adding other citrus, such as grapefruit, blood oranges, in place of or in addition to the lemon. Um, This one has to sit for a month before you use it as well. Um, And this makes about two cups um, of fire cider. Now, I would quadruple this because this is a big deal as well for virus. Um, You take one cup of coarsely grated peeled horseradish, which is about four ounces, a small onion, and coarsely chop it eight large garlic cloves, and I smashed them, one half cup of peeled and coarsely grated or chopped ginger. Uh, That's about three ounces. Take a tablespoon of ground turmeric or use fresh, one teaspoon of black peppercorns, four rosemary sprigs, one whole clove, one to two dried hot chilies, or you could use a fresh if you'd like. One lemon quartered. Two cups or more of unfiltered apple cider vinegar with the mother. And two tablespoons or more of honey. Um, once again, it depends on your preference, and I play with these. Um, 
any equipment you need is a container and cheesecloth. Um, it can make be made three months ahead and stored in a glass container. Um, so you put the horseradish, the onion, the garlic, the ginger, the turmeric, the peppercorns, rosemary, and the clove in a quart jar. Um, put the chilies in. Put two in if you like it spicy. Squeeze in the lemons and add the rinds. Pour the vinegar into the jar until everything is submerged. You, and then you put the lid on and stir it up. Let it stand in a dark spot for a month. End of the month, you strain through a cheese-lined colander into a large measuring cup or another jar. Discard the solids and uh, squeeze up everything to get as much liquid as possible. Now, make sure you wear gloves because you've got a lot of potent things in here and you will burn your hands, especially if you're using habaneros or something like that. Um, Add, pour your liquid into your other jar, add two tablespoons of honey, shake the jar, and add honey to taste. You can add it to smaller jars, or you can just leave it in the big one, t- tightly seal it, and chill. Um, you want to use it as a cold preventative. You sit by the spoonful when you feel it coming on. You can also dilute it in water. As a tonic, Fire cider tonic, if you want to put it in booze, add about a tablespoon of fire cider and a squeeze of fresh orange juice to a glass of the seltzer and garnish it with a rosemary spray. Nice try, guys. Uh, you can use it in as a salad dressing. You can use it in tea. You add about a tablespoon in a glass of hot water um, and a squeeze of fresh, uh, lemon juice and a little honey. And you can put a little black pepper in that, too. Now... With that one, I'm a little leery on adding it to hot water because that usually nullifies any um, benefits that naturopathic remedies have. Heat kills a lot of things. So be very careful with that. Um, The next one I'm going to talk about is thieves oil if you're into essential oils at all uh, you'll know about it um, there are many ways to use it it's a highly versatile blend of oils that can be used for cleaning and healthy immune support um, it also can alleviate minor aches and pains um, and it, it's especially good during cold weather months um, you can use it for cleaning and disinfecting. So this would be a really good one. Um, if you want to apply this, you could do it on the bottom of the feet. That's highly effective. And the, I'm gonna, the story behind it, um, there's like 17 different versions of the story of the thieves, but it was based back during the plague. Um, And the thieves were actually spice traders and merchants who imported spices, including cinnamon and cloves, from India. When the plague hit, the Black Plague, all international shipping and trade was closed down. Unable to do business, they quickly ran out of money and had to find a way to support themselves. 
Since people in the commodities were afraid to touch the dead bodies, they decided to loot the homes and the bodies of the plague victims. They'd take clothes, jewelry, pots, pans, barter, or trade them for food and money. They believed they wouldn't get sick if they rubbed vinegar, oils, and spices all over their bodies. They were able to set up a very lucrative pawn business until the king found out, and when the king heard about the story, he wanted to know the secret recipe. He sent his constables out to capture them. Four of the thieves were caught and brought before the king. He gave them a choice to either share their secret formula of immunity or to be burned at the stake. They decided to share the formula with the king. The king immediately posted the formula all over town, sensory of the four thieves. And there is an account of the thieves' story recorded in the Royal English Archives. Um, now, this is the homemade version. Um, and due to its ability to support healthy immune and respiratory function, it's very popular. Um, if you make your own recipe, use grade essential oils. Um, organic does not mean therapeutic. 98% of the oils on the market are perfume graded, not therapeutic. So make sure that you look at that when you um, make these. Okay, so some of the things you're going to need are lemon essential oil, or you can make it. If you've listened to my shows before, you know how to make this. Um, lemon essential oil contains properties that support the health of your immune system. It cleans, purifies, and makes it a good cleaner. Um, also help, it's an antioxidant con- called D-limonene that has been linked to healthy immune system function, and it also helps against depression. And the next oil you're going to need is the clove essential oil. You need cinnamon bark essential oil, eucalyptus, essential oil, eucalyptus radiata, R-A-D-I-A-T-A is another one, and rosemary. So in a dark glass bottle, because light will kill some of the benefits of this, you add 40 drops of clove essential oil, 35 drops of lemon essential oil, 20 drops of cinnamon essential oil, 15 drops of eucalyptus essential oil, 10 drops of rosemary essential oil. Um, Store it away from sunlight, preferably in a cool location. Um, I'll give you one other one. These are things that you want to um, practice with. The recipe for two is a much larger portion. It would be 200 drops of clove oil, 175 drops of lemon oil, 100 drops of cinnamon bark, 75 drops of eucalyptus, and 50 drops of rosemary. Now, another one that I would um, drop in there, if you have some, is oil of oregano. Um, Almost superior to anything else antibacterial-wise or antibiotics. Um, If you want to use these, um, I'm looking at some of this stuff. Hang on. 
For sinus and lung support, you can use a few drops in a steaming bowl of hot water and inhale. Um, you can use it for, you can add it to two tablespoons of water and gargle, but make sure you spit, spit it out. Um, I don't, I am not a uh, fan of ingesting essential oils. I know there's many people out there that is, but I have heard so many things from doctors and others that I just don't chance it. I mean, there's a few things, cinnamon you can, peppermint you can, because that's food grade, but um, be very, very careful with that. Those are the three biggest um, recipes that I have against viruses, but I was dinking around yesterday and I saw a uh, article on Usnia and I think that this would be something to uh, consider. It's also known as Primas basically it's um, hundreds of species for them and it comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes. Uh, they have like goat beard, short beards, greenish, gray, yellow. It's found in every continent, so it's available to everybody. Um, the stuff that grew back home was light gray, green, and short, and it grew in tufts on pine or fir trees. Um, in 1997, a man, um, G. Telfort, did a research on it, and it's It's a potent antibiotic healing lungs and upper respiratory tract infections as well as urinary tract infections, kidneys and bladder infections, antiviral, antifungal, yeast infections, antimicrobial, anti-inflammatory, and analgesic. Um, it was explained that the outer portion called the cortex contains the antibiotic compounds, whereas the inner portion, the thallus, holds the immune-stimulating substances. Laboratory studies and clinical trials suggest that usnea may be more effective than penicillin, inhibiting the growth of gram-positive bacteria such as streptococcus, pneumococcus, and various strains of tuberculosis in the human body. Um, but if you're pregnant, you cannot use this. So where do you find it? I prefer harvesting it in the winter. Plenty of snow is covering the ground and everything feels quieter. Um, you have to look up. It's on old trees and broken branches, and since growth rate of lichen is naturally slow, try not to directly harvest off the trees. You may want to go out after a storm, and then you can gather it from branches that are in huge quantities down here in uh, Florida, where I am now, but you want to make sure you're identifying it correctly. Spanish moss is not the same thing. Usnea has a white core, whereas Spanish moss has a black core. Uh, gently part the outer sheath of the main stem and look for a white, elastic, and rubbery one-wet thread. Um, it's really important to harvest in deep inside your forest, away from air pollution 
And it's very important with Usnacins, it's reported to be especially vulnerable uh, to absorbing heavy metals and sulfur dioxide. Um, if you can't harvest it, there's uh, a bunch of places online that you can get it. It's spelled U-S-N-E-A. And if it's stored in a dry place, it has a very long shelf life. It can be used both internally and externally in the form of cough lozenges, tinctures, tea, um, even though it's minimally water-soluble, a gargler, a mouthwash, or a wound dressing. It's a wonderful remedy for cellulitis or infected wounds. Cellulitis is a big deal. Um, if you have older people where there's not a lot of movement, this would be a good thing for you. The energetic quality, cooling and drying, and quickly helps with redness and heat due to infection. You can take a handful of usnea, soak it in water, and apply it directly to a wound, and it will help stave off infection. They prefer to make it into a powder. Some people do and use it as such. Uh, if you change the compress every couple hours, um, it should be looking much better within 24 hours. To make a tincture, you put it in a jar and cover it with vodka or Everclear. Uh, let it sit for a few months and strain into a dropper bottle. Um, and Or you can combine it with echinacea. There's lots of people that um, use this and have had really good results. This is a new one for me, and um, I'm going to look into it more because it won't hurt. If you have a... Sorry, my phone went dead. It won't hurt if you examine what's out there and start looking around. That's about all I have today. We have 13 minutes. Um, I hope this is beneficial to you if you're just starting out. If you're not, I hope this has been beneficial for you and that you learned something new. Um, don't forget Contra Radio Network, John is on tomorrow night, and uh, he's also on Facebook. So the watch, and have a good day. It's time to watch with you prepping.